over 15 tales of terror that will curdle your blood and send shivers down your spine. Only 99 cents. Or free if you have Kindle Unlimited. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash books or go to Amazon and search for blood tingling tales. Do you like scary stories? If you like the Maniac and the Loose Scary Stories podcast, please subscribe on whatever platform you listen on. Feel free to leave a nice review, too, if you like. And don't be shy about letting other people know about the show. All of these things help us out a ton, and we appreciate it very much. Now let's get to some scary stories. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. The window across the street. My name is Melinda. I recently started a new job in an old four-story office building. I work on the fourth floor and was assigned a desk. It just so happens the desk is the only one on the entire floor with a window next to it. The view isn't anything special, just the main street of the town and the building across the way. But still, it's nice to be able to stare out the window from time to time. I started taking note of the abandoned building across the street. It was a mirror image of the office I was in, only it was much older and run down. It appeared to be vacant. All of the windows on the front of the old building were boarded up, except for one. The window on the fourth floor, directly across the street from me. The window was filthy. Thick, grimy muck had caked the outside of the window over the years, making it impossible to see through the window even when the sunlight was hitting it directly. I had only been there a month when something strange happened. I noticed movement from behind the window. I got the impression that someone was waving their hands, although I could only catch subtle glimpses of the movement through that filthy window. Was someone trying to get my attention? Probably not. More likely someone was on that floor doing some work. Perhaps the building was in the early stages of renovation. That would be nice. I'd much rather be looking out at a fixed up active building than the desolate structure it currently was. The next day things got stranger. I had been out to lunch with some of the girls in the office. When I returned to my desk, I found a dirty envelope sitting on it. My name and the address of the building were scribbled across the front of the envelope with a pen that appeared to be running out of ink. 
There was no postage on the envelope. I opened it up. Inside was a torn scrap of paper. Written on the paper with that same near-empty pen were the words, Help me. Let me out. I never got the impression that this was a gag. I took it seriously. I asked around as to who left it on my desk. The secretary downstairs said that a woman that she had never seen before came into the lobby with the envelope and dropped it at her desk. I asked her what the woman looked like. The secretary couldn't remember much about the woman other than she was wearing a bright red jacket. What did this note mean, and who was the woman who dropped it off? I kept the note on my desk and looked at it throughout the day. I felt like I had to figure out what this meant and who sent it. The next day, things took the strangest turn of all. I was sitting at my desk entering data on my computer when the secretary came to my desk holding another envelope. This one also had my name on it and the address of the building, although this wasn't written in pen. The letters appeared to have been smeared on the envelope with dirt. I asked her if it was delivered by the woman in red. She shook her head. It was a man. He was dressed in a nice suit. He said he found the envelope on the sidewalk across the street. On the sidewalk across the street? How odd. I ripped open the envelope and expected to extract another note. But there was no paper in the envelope at all. The only thing that was in it was a flash drive. I knew better than to insert a strange flash drive into my computer, but I had an insatiable compulsion to know what was on this flash drive and who sent it, so I took a risk and inserted the flash drive. There was only one file on it. I opened it and let out a gasp. It was a video of me working at my desk. The camera recording the video was jerky and moving around a lot. Most of the video was dark and dirty, but when the camera moved a certain way, I could see myself through the outside window of my office building. And the video wasn't taken from the ground. The video was on an even level with the fourth floor of my building. I turned and looked out at the decrepit building across the street. This video had been taken from behind that filthy window on the fourth floor of that building. Someone was over there, watching me. Then I thought back to the note from the day before that said, help me, let me out. I called the police. After looking at the video, they too concluded that someone had to have taken that video from across the street. They attempted to enter the building, but it was locked up tight, so they contacted the building owner who resides in Florida, which is a long way from where that building is. The owner had alibis that proved it wasn't him, and insisted that there was no way anybody could get into that building. That's where the police left it. They said if I got any other strange correspondence to call them first, and they'd take it from there. But for now... We just have to wait and see what happened. Only, I couldn't wait. I couldn't get my mind off that building, the window, the fourth floor, and who was there. 
Who was watching me? Who was writing the letters? What was going on? It was 5.15 p.m. Everyone else had left for the day. I had more work to do and was all alone in the office when I received the phone call. Melinda? Yes? My name is Rupert Crawley. I own the building across the street. Stay away from that building. I'm warning you. Stay away from that building. I felt my blood begin to boil. What was he hiding? What's going on? Who, who is on the fourth floor? What do they want? There was a long pause before he answered. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Now listen to me closely. You are going to have a strong urge to go over there, but don't do it. Ignore the urge. Stay away. Who is in that building? Forget everything that happened. Let it go. You tell me who's in that building. Let. It. Go. With that, he hung up. I couldn't let it go. I wouldn't let it go. I hurried across the street to the rundown building. The front door was chained shut. The back door had multiple locks. There was no way for anyone to get in or out. What happened next was pure insanity, and I'm not sure what compelled me to do it, but something did. I scaled the fire escape of the building next to it. When I reached the top of the building, I looked across to the neglected building. There was something on the roof. I couldn't make out exactly what it was, but something was there, and I was sure it held the answers to my questions. There was an alley between the buildings which made for an approximate five-foot jump to get over there. I didn't hesitate. I kicked off my office shoes, hiked up my skirt, got a running start, and jumped. I barely made it, but I did. There I was on the roof of that old building. As I stood up, I noticed a delicate, swirling white light in the center of the roof. It was barely visible, but if I looked closely, I could see it shimmering in the sunlight. What was this? Throwing caution to the wind, I approached the light, reached out, and touched it. Everything turned white for a few seconds, and then I found myself falling, and I hit the floor with a thud. I could hear footsteps. It sounded like someone was running around on the roof above me. I cried out for help, but got no response. I looked around at my surroundings. I was in a room. A big, dark, dusty room. The only illumination was a pale beam of light shining in through a muck-coated window. That's when I realized I was on the fourth floor. I wasn't quite sure how I wound up there, but there was no doubt that's where I was. I rushed over to the window and confirmed it. There were only a few spots where the window was clear enough to see out. I could see my office building across the street. I could see my desk window. I pulled out my phone and attempted to call someone to help me, but no calls were going through. I'd only hear static. After a few deep breaths, I gathered myself and started scanning the room. My blood ran cold when I saw them. Skeletons. Dozens of them. They were scattered all over the floor. 
Some were lying down. Some were propped against the wall. They were fully dressed in clothes that were once nice, but now were tattered and torn by time. I ran around the entire floor looking for a way out, but there was no escape. As the sun went down, the floor was enveloped by darkness. I screamed all night. The next morning when the sun started shining through the few clearings of the window, I looked outside and my world was shaken to its foundation. I saw myself. I was sitting at my desk in front of the window across the street. How could this be? Oh, I didn't care. I had to get my attention. I started waving my arms like a madwoman, but realized the outside of the window was too filthy to see through. I noticed there was a slit of a crack at the bottom of the window. I started pounding on that area of the window hoping to break it, but was unsuccessful after countless attempts. Then I got an idea. I rifled through my purse and found a few envelopes. I tore a section off of one envelope and wrote, help me, let me out. But my pen was starting to run out of ink. I used the last bit of ink to scribble my name and the address to the office across the street and pushed the envelope out the crack in the window and watched it float down to the sidewalk below. Nobody saw it that day. I spent another night in the darkness. The next morning, a woman in bright red picked up the envelope. As I had hoped, she carried the letter to the building. I watched myself as I opened the envelope and read the message. I could see confusion on my face. I didn't know what that note meant. I had to let her know where I was, but how could I do that? Again, I filtered through my purse looking for anything I might be able to use to get my other self's attention. Then I came across an old flash drive that I had never used before and an adapter to attach it to my phone. I tried to record myself explaining what was happening but my phone was cheap and didn't have a flash to illuminate myself. So I appeared as nothing more than a black blob. And the audio wasn't recording, I could only assume that the strange light on the roof of the building was interfering with it. I messed around with it for hours and it wouldn't function at all except when I held it directly against the window. I thought, if I can somehow get this flash drive to my other self, she would know where I was. She'll know what to do. I dropped the flash drive in another envelope. The pen I had was completely out of ink, so I ran my fingers over the dirty floor and scribbled my name and office address on the front of the envelope. Again, I dropped it out the crack of the window. It was the next day when a man picked it up. Like the woman the day before, he was nice enough to bring the envelope to the building. I could see myself across the street trying so hard to figure out what was going on, but to no avail. But I could feel her. I mean, she was me, after all. We had a connection. She knew something was wrong. She knew she had to find me. Her sense of self-preservation was kicking in and she didn't even know it. It wasn't long before I heard a thud and footsteps on the roof above me. She was on the roof. She was going to find a way out for me. That was when I noticed a subtle swirling light on the ceiling in the middle of the room. I stood under the light and stared up at it. Suddenly, there was a bright flash and everything went white. I woke up on the roof of the building. I was out. 
I don't know how, but I was out. Even though I was weak, adrenaline was pumping through my veins enough for me to make the jump onto the next building and to shimmy down the fire escape. When I reached the alley, I was startled by a man's voice. I told you to let it go. I turned to see a short, thin man with shaggy gray hair and a matching mustache. He was dressed in business casual attire and was holding a cane. I'm Rupert Crawley. I own the building. Can you please tell me what in the world is going on? He nodded. I owe you that. He leaned onto his cane as he spoke. Believe it or not, that building was once state of the art. I used it for experimentation. Time travel experimentation. I was attempting to build a time machine, you see. I was never able to accomplish that, but somehow I did manage to tap into a kind of time portal. Unfortunately, I wasn't sure how I created the portal and couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. And thus it exists to this day. I have no control over it. That's why the building is locked up tight, to keep people away. But every once in a while, someone gets in there, like you did. There's two of you running around now. That's very dangerous. Two of me? Yes. When your other self freed you, they took your place on the fourth floor. They are trapped there like you were. Well, I have to let her out. No, you mustn't. You need to leave yourself there. Let her die. Then you will be solo again as it should be. No, that would be murder. I'd be killing myself. You can destroy the world. There are already two of you. If you go there again, there will be a third and another and another. You are ripping apart the fabrics of space and time. You can shatter everything if you don't stop. Forget it all. Let. It. Go. What he was asking me to do was impossible. There was no way I was going to allow myself to wither away and die in that building. I shook my head. I can't. He nodded. I know you can't. That's why I'm here. I waited for him to elaborate. When he reached into his pocket, extracted a gun, pointed it at my head and pulled the trigger, I realized no further elaboration was necessary. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. I have some exciting news. 
You can now get Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast merchandise. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, and much more. Choose from two different Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories podcast logos or get merchandise with one of my book covers on it. Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store. That's ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store.